0: adding wholesale as a channel to your store is a great way to increase revenue but how do you offer customer specific pricing in shopify well naturally there's a bold app for that it's called customer pricing it's great for wholesale of course but it's also cool to add things like a vip program where you reward your best customers so it's easy to use to put a customer in a price group you just tag their customer account or if you want to get fancy You can auto-tag customers into groups based off how much they've spent, how often they order, where they're from, or what products they purchased. So it's really powerful. For example, if they've spent $500 or more, you could tag them as silver, and they get 5% off. 1000 or more, they get tagged gold, they get 10% off. You could even do it by how many times they've ordered and even what country they're from. With the tagging by product purchase feature, you could actually sell a membership product and then give them a member discount. So if you're a Costco member, this should sound familiar because it's exactly what they do. To try it out free for two months, head to ethercycle.com slash bold. That's ethercycle.com slash bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, The more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues. Offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever. When you sign up at seomanager.com unofficial, that's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Joining me today is my dear friend and skilled Shopify merchant and attorney, Christina Scalera from The Contract Shop. Christina, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Kurt. How you doing? That's an easy question. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear you. Oh. No. <laughs> I'm good. That's a softball.
1: Now, if we have <laughs> a good. problem
0: with how you doing, we're in trouble. <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I am well. All right, so tell me, what the heck is a contract shop?
1: It is a digital download store where we sell templates, primarily contracts, for people in the creative industry. Um, So if you are any kind of wedding professional, creative professional, um, entrepreneur, coach, online course creator, we have a template that is there to help you build your business. So for example, if you're an online course creator, there are templates in there to help you with um, the course purchases that you're receiving if you are a service-based business, a one-to-one business, a coach, a wedding planner, photographer, whatever it might be. We sell the templates that you can easily plug and play for your one-on-one services so that you can be working with clients really quickly in a way uh, and with a template that actually gets your clients, not just something generic or um, out of touch that you might find on the internet for free, for example.
0: So if I'm a I, I want to put my, my shingle out. I want to be a freelancer, but I'm also, I'm not stupid. I need to protect myself. And as a, a big boy business person, I need to be a professional and have a contract to get, where the heck do I get a contract? Well, there's plenty of free ones on the internet. That's scary. There, I can hire <laughs> an attorney to write one. This is going to be expensive. Or I could find a trusted source to license one, download it instantly, and that's you. That's correct. Okay. So why would, um well, did, did I get it right? Is that why someone would, would choose you over yeah. a free option or uh, hiring a lawyer? Yeah, absolutely. And you, um so where'd the idea, how long have you been doing this? Three years, three and a half. <laughs> and where'd the idea come from?
1: It actually came, so I was working one-on-one with clients, lawyer, you know, doing the whole thing. And one of my clients, uh, or actually one of my friends, she wasn't a client yet, she said, I need this contract. She was actually an equine photographer. She said, I need That's so niche. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And she's been on the cover of lots of, I mean, for your audience, they probably don't see this, but horse magazines, um, you know, equine catalogs, things like that. So she's doing really well, but she didn't have any kind of agreement to work with her, her clients at the time. And um, she couldn't afford me and I didn't really want to give away my services for free. So I said, how about this? I have a bank of templates that I use to start with with any of my clients, um, you know, most lawyers do. They just have this this bank of templates that are sitting there that they pull from instead of starting from scratch every single time because that doesn't really make sense. That's not efficient. So I pulled one out and I gave it to her and I said, "Here's where you might think about customizing it a little bit more. Here's where you might want to, you know, add some things." Uh, I I have horses, so I know the industry, and I was like, "You might want to think about this here. You might want to think about this there." And she walked away in that weekend with a contract that she felt comfortable providing to her future clients who are people that, I mean, again, probably not for this audience, but they're professional bull riders, they're professional um, equestrians, they're on top equestrian teams, things like that. And so it was really important for her to have a professional document. Uh, But like I said, at the time, she was really hesitant to spend the money. And so this was this nice in-between solution. She just turned to me and she was like, why don't you do this for more people? Hmm. And I was basically like, I I don't know how. I didn't know this was a thing.
0: So where'd you go from there? Because we've got, you have a a very successful Shopify store that provides these digital downloads. Yes. And that's such a cool space to be in because your cost of goods sold is very low. Like there's the acquisition cost, of course, but there's no, like, so you're paying the ad costs and running the thing in administration, but you don't have the overhead of, well, I have to pay to manufacture or purchase the goods yes and there's no shipping fulfillment (laughs) right (laughs) shopify's digital use shopify's digital downloads app, Mm -hmm. right yeah which is it's free from shopify it works it just fulfills the order as soon as they place it so they get an email link to download boom and they have their contract they're ready to go yeah yeah oh what are the coolest businesses to be in and you could do info (laughs) products and digital downloads
1: yeah i think it it really is a dream um but, yeah, so it, it, we started off on Squarespace, like most people that switched to Shopify,
0: and eventually— Well, let's back up. You okay. had—so you, you offered this service. You said, listen, let me do you a favor. And that, uh, you provided this template to a friend, um, and she said, hey, why—hey, dummy, why aren't you selling these for other people? And you said, because I, <laughs> yes. I never thought about it, and I don't know how. Right. What was the next—how did it come to pass that you um, were like, all right, let, let's make a go at this?
1: Well, I didn't think it would work. So what I did was I created a shop on Squarespace and I put everything up for pre-sale. Nothing was created. I mean, I had the basic templates that, like I said, I shared with my friend, but I didn't have the niches. So I just kind of took a stab at the niches that I was seeing, that I was involved with. Um, You know, I, I thought at the time one of my hobbies was calligraphy and nobody was really doing it at the time, but now a lot of people are doing calligraphy. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, if, if I really want to pursue some kind of passion-oriented career, I'll become a calligrapher. So I was really well-versed in the creative space. Um, this was around the same time that a group called the Rising Tide Society was coming into its own.
0: That sounds badass. Like you're a part of some rebel <laughs> uprising. The Rising Tide Society.
1: It's It's a pretty phenomenal group. They're still around, and they have meetups called Tuesdays Together that are free the first or second Tuesday, depending on your area, every month, Um, and it was founded by uh, Davy and Krista Jones and then Natalie Frank and her husband Huey, so it's a great group, but it really was this, like, revolution in the creative industry and a very, like, specific niche of the creative industries that focused on, like, mostly weddings, uh, a lot of photographers. And it was this group of people that was just really frustrated with the competition that was happening in the wedding industry and really upset that people were becoming so cutthroat. So this group uh, was there to be the antidote to that. And it was meant uh, their their slogan is community over competition. So anyway, I got involved with that group um, by approaching them, I, I was nobody to no one. That's probably bad grammar, but I was literally n- like less than nothing in the industry. And I go to this creative conference and I see the founders there and I approach them and I'm like, hey, do you guys want to start a podcast? <laughs> and they were like, who are you? And yeah, and
0: they I were like, this lady?"
1: Yeah. You, you, okay. So you've never started a podcast before. You have an idea for a business, but you've never done anything. And you, uh, you want to start a podcast with us who now have like 70,000 people in our Facebook group that started three months ago. Okay, cool. So... <laughs> They were very sweet. Um, They've always been just great people. And they invited me uh, to do a webinar for them because they're like, well, you know, we're not going to do a podcast, but we're going to do this webinar series. So if you want to teach about legal stuff, that's something that a lot of these creatives need to know about. Maybe you can do that. So, of course, I whipped up a presentation, got scheduled. It was the first webinar they ever did. uh, And it was about contracts. And I had, because I'd been working on my Squarespace shop at the time, I had a bunch of pre-sale products in there, you know, for people that were in this this group, photographers, calligraphers, wedding planners, um, who else, coaches, that kind of thing. And so that's all I had. And I go to do the pitch at the end of the webinar, and it was the worst pitch you've ever heard. It was literally me probably saying, oh, um, well, if um, you guys (laughs) want to uh, buy my, I I have templates, you can buy them. And seriously, that was how bad it was. We ended up selling about thirty five hundred dollars of product that weekend.
0: And had you made any sale prior to this? No. Okay, so this is a big win for a first.
1: It was a huge win, and because I thought this online business thing was just a bunch of you know like baloney, because you're clicking all these Facebook ads and it's nothing's working. (laughs) You keep trying stuff, it's just like not working. And so, doing that more than anything, it was really powerful to teach me the the importance of having an audience of building an engaged following that this group had done. And then they were so kind to share that audience with me for that hour of time um, and three thirty five hundred dollars worth of sales. So that taught me that this was this was possible. Um, and that was really the, the push that I needed to obviously create the products because now there's people waiting.
0: <laughs> so I love that you you didn't put the cart before the horse. Most people go through everything except finding anyone to buy their stuff. Right. Like they spend all the money. You know, we've heard horror stories of people like, oh, I spent my forty thousand dollars in savings on a pallet of stuff. And like they they didn't know anything else. Oh, <laughs> well, um, I did that
1: before. Just not in this business. <laughs> OK. So
0: there was past experience where you do. Yes. You do uh, what not to do. But yeah, I mean, that alone is brilliant. So you'd created essentially you'd use the Squarespace stores like it's quick, it's easy to validate it. People could purchase it. There were no products to buy. So naturally it did do fulfillment. You said, all right, I got to get in front of these people. So you found this local community, engage them in a really uh, upfront way where you're like, hey, start a podcast with me. And rather than the the big advantage to a big ask like that is then they went, N- well, no, but here's what we could do for you. So you had this great opportunity. You jumped on it and you know, you, you said, oh, well, my pitch was terrible, but hey, you sold 3,500 bucks worth of stuff in one weekend as like your first sales, That's very exciting. But at this point- you don't have the products or a way to fulfill it. What happened next? The products were created very quickly. I went in order of what
1: sold the best because I knew that was what most people were waiting on. So I think there were, you know, like 20 photographers waiting on templates. Um, and then the rest were just kind of a mishmash of different, different niches I'd thrown up there as pre-sale templates. Um, just, you know, product description pages that uh, we'd put up there with, with the different niches. And uh, the ones that didn't sell, I took them off the site. Um, the ones that did sell, we fulfilled those within the month. Luckily we had said in the product description, these will be ready within 30 days. And like some of the the ones that didn't sell as well, it was day 29 or 30 that they <laughs> those people were getting them. Um, but I don't feel too bad because they were like a third of what I, I have now um, as far as pricing. So they got a really good deal because they got forever access to whatever future updates came along. Um, And then as far as fulfillment went, we, we, (laughs) there was no we. It was just me at the time. And I literally went one by one and emailed everybody their access um, as soon as I had uploaded the product on the back end of Squarespace to fulfill. And I think Squarespace at the time had something where it would push out an automatic reminder for them to download it. um, And you have like a 24-hour download period. And that was really helpful because it made me look a lot more legit than I was.
0: (laughs) So, you've got, um, you've got your first win here and you're able to, to fulfill it, save the day. But that, what happens next? Because there's a big difference between like you get that first sale, but you don't have, there's no system, there's no process. But at least now you have the products to fulfill and sell and you've got the, the validation. Mm-hmm. What happens next?
1: I was terrified because here I was. I did the Rising Tide Society webinar and that was great, but then I didn't have anything else lined up. And that was really scary because I had this big push. I knew this was possible, but I didn't know how to keep the momentum going. Um, So at that point, I started to look for new opportunities. And some of them presented themselves as a result of being a part of the Rising Tide Society. So I got asked to speak on a couple different stages, which honestly – I probably shouldn't say this, but speaking on stage for me is a total bust. Um, Like, It's great for engagement, it's great to connect with people, but as far as like selling products or driving traffic to the site or getting our name out there, there's way better, there's much better ways to spend our time doing that, namely our affiliate program, which I can talk about later. But um, yeah, so I was just looking for more and more opportunities and I really overextended myself during this time because this is early 2006, it was January 14th, 2016 that I did the webinar. So early 2016, I just hustled my butt off trying to find other opportunities like that. I was reaching out to everybody that uh, was somebody in this industry and asking if I could do a guest webinar or if I could do like a guest blog or something for them just to get my name out in front of their audience.
0: And what was the the hit rate on that like? What do you mean? So, well, at this point, you're still, you're not an authority yet. You're Mm -hmm. still functionally nobody where most of the people you're reaching out to have not heard of you. Mm Mm-hmm. Do they ignore you? do they uh, how many people say yes versus <laughs> say no" or just ignore your email?
1: I'm really good at pitching, so I don't know the exact conversion rate, but I did really well. Okay. Um, so I was able to turn this into a course with oncewed um now called If I Made. It's a huge course company in the creative industry. Um, I turned it into a creative live course. I turned it into
0: just on pitching.
1: Pitching different people that I had met through, yeah, like taking advantage (laughs) of my quote-unquote status, if you want to call it that, um, as a presenter in this Rising Tides series. And then also uh, leveraging the connections that I made through that because I had like a couple people reach out and, you know, they were connected to somebody. And, you know, honestly, my lesson there looking back is that I don't care how big somebody is, how many, you know, half a million or million followers they have on Instagram or whatever – it doesn't matter like at the end of the day, they're still people and they still either like you or they don't. And if they're running a good business, usually those are the ones I would actually get more responses from because they were organized Sorry, organized enough on the back end to have the time to provide responses and like tell me, yes, this is something we'd be interested in or no. It was the people that were really disorganized that um, were like – like, newer or, like, didn't have as much status in the industry that I didn't convert as well with because hmm. they just, they didn't have the infrastructure behind the scenes to run, you know, like, a surprise webinar or, you know, like, a webinar where they only have a month to plan the content and launch it and, you know, whatever. So it, it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise, I didn't know it at the time, but um, the bigger, quote unquote, like the bigger people that were more well-established, had, you know, higher status or whatever you want to call it in the industry, they seemed to be the ones that worked with me more because they were just so well-organized and could handle like an extra learning opportunity for their audience.
0: If you, um, so for the people who were organized, they saw it as, hey, this is free value for us to add to our, right. to present to our audience. What do you th- Now, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of awful, awful outreach (laughs) emails. Oh, my God. (laughs) And my wife goes through my email and like periodically she just goes, you would not believe the garbage you get that I just delete. Since you are successful at writing outreach emails, tell us what a good outreach email looks like.
1: Yeah, for anybody out there trying to pitch a product or themselves or to a podcast or whatever, you just always have to look at it and go through it three times, and just keep asking yourself, how does this benefit the person getting this email? How do I make their life easier? How am I making this something that is just irresistible for them? And I mean, at the end of the day, if you've read any of the emails that I wrote, it was like, very personalized, uh, first of all, so it wasn't just, you know, the first line of text is in a different font than the rest of the email, which I've seen a lot. <laughs> you know, it's like italicized, and the rest of it's like bold. It's like, clearly, they just Swapped out the first sentence. That's a big red flag. Um, But you know, when I was pitching, it was a lot about. I'm very practical, um, and I feel like this has actually hurt me as I scale. Uh, But I would literally list out a like a list of three things that I could talk about or do, or like three benefits that their audience would receive. And these weren't just you know hypothetical, or they weren't very ambiguous. Um, They were exact like your your audience is going to get this your audience is going to do this and this is what this like if i if i come on here and i do something like this for you this is what you will uh, uh, like get to have out of this interaction and um i went as far to provide them with topics which i mean you you know you're a content creator it gets it gets hard to create new topics after a while you start to talk about the same things over and over and so when someone's providing a fresh perspective they're doing all the like work for you they're providing you with like a topic and an outline even maybe if it's a real big person. Um, I mean, you've essentially, as someone pitching, you've just done the job of their virtual assistant or their content creator. And I mean, those people <laughs> on, on these big teams, like they're super happy that they don't have to, that, that's less work for them to do. So they're, they're like, great, take this off my plate. If you're going to do this at the very beginning, like I can't even imagine how great this whole thing is going to go with you.
0: So the Number one, it's extremely focused on the recipient and the outcome for them. Yes. And I think like that's by far the biggest mistake I see in these outreach emails is they're all like, hey, Kurt, love what you do. And then it's like their life story and all about (laughs) them. And then they're like, so do you want to do a like when do you have time next week to do a one hour webinar? If I if I got paid for webinars, I'd have a full-time job right. if I said yes to all these. But I don't, and I get nothing out of it, and they yeah. never address what I get out of it. So it's like, in what universe did you think anyone would say yes to this?
1: Yeah, and the qualifications thing is another thing that I just, like, didn't have, so I didn't talk about it. I mean, I would mention, oh, and by the way, like, in case, you know, you're wondering if I'm serious, I did this Rising Tide Society webinar. One sentence. You know, it wasn't like... I've been featured on and right. you know like I've been featured on the blah 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 and I've also done this and I'm Oprah's best friend and you know,
0: like <laughs> but it, even with that even with like the 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 faint praise of just well I did this one thing they were still willing to say yes because you were otherwise professional and showed up and said hey it sounds like you said hey here are I'd, I'd love to provide value to your audience and here's three topics I could teach them, that you're giving them a choice of yeses. When yes. I get those, the pitch email for a podcast that says, hey, here are three possible topics we could talk about, those are the ones I'm going to say yes to mm-hmm. versus um, the ones that are just like, a lot of them are just go, hey, I got a store. I want to be on your show. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I see. Um, so you, like, it's much easier to say no to vague single topic then, like three concise, clear, concise topics, where you go, okay, yeah, give me option B, sounds good. Yeah. Or let's do, can we combine A and B? Mm-hmm. Like so, yes, all right. Um, so it sounds like you saw once you saw, hey, this webinar worked. Let's scale that out. So now you're starting to do it. You're repeating it across multiple multiple audiences. You're leveraging other people's audiences to build your own. by doing, yeah. And webinars
1: yeah and that I wasn't as efficient in because I wanted it to be so good for each person that I presented in front of their audience that I I wasn't leveraging that well I was not creating the same con uh, the same presentation and giving it over and over and just like tweaking little things like every single person I was creating a new presentation a new um, freebie a new whatever for and so that was really an exhausting <laughs> was an exhausting summer, and I remember there were a lot of times when I would wake up and I would just look at what I had to do that day, and I, I had no idea how I was going to get it done.
0: <laughs> did it... Um, so speaking on well-being, mental fitness, did it take its toll?
1: Y- yeah, and I don't know if I am allowed to say this on the show, but this year, I actually got diagnosed with ADHD. Of course
0: which... you could say it. Plenty of people have ADHD. <laughs> I think it's really common <laughs> to entrepreneurship.
1: I... Uh, yeah, I, I just... It, so everything just felt really overwhelming all the time, and it's nice to finally have an answer as to part of why that was happening, and maybe why I was overcommitting and doing too many things. Um, but yeah, so anyway, that that wasn't helping the mix either. But I, I continued on like that for two and a half
0: two years, oh, something geez. like that. Okay, so it was there was a cost to it, but it, it I'm sure it was stressful. But you still pulled it off. Like there was a sacrifice made, but you did it. And the end result was you've got this big audience. Uh, what changed in the meantime? So you went from like Squarespace to two and a half years of mm-hmm. cross-promotion.
1: Um, well, event, so it was really only the first year of cross-promotion, maybe like the first year and a half. Uh, because, like I said, I was, I was getting tired. I was getting a little burnt out. And uh, at the same time, I started to notice that the efforts that we were trying on our end to grow our own audience were paying off. What were those efforts? it literally just and i know this is so basic but it was a free lead magnet that went through like a five email series and um so the free lead magnet was something like legalize your biz in 7 days or less something like that and that eventually i made a course out of that because people just they want to spend money so <laughs> um they you know people can buy the course so they could get it for free but obviously the course covered a little bit more held their hand a little bit more that kind of thing but um we had that lead magnet, and then it went into a five-part email series that was super basic because I, I didn't know anything about conversion copy. It was just, you know, me introducing them to the contract shop, which at the time was just my name. I didn't have it branded as the contract shop yet. Um, and then an introduction to our products, a very poor pitch to sell our products, and then a couple affiliate links that actually did really well. So, uh, and they were packaged up as, you know, resources.
0: Oh, so you had part of your, your income, um, it was also passive income in the form of affiliate links.
1: Yes, that, that, that um, was very, very small for a long time. And actually it still is. It's only uh, my connection. So HoneyBook bought the Rising Tide Society. And so that, that's honestly the only affiliate program that I'm a part of that is what I would consider passive income. Anything else is just kind of a couple extra cents here and there. It's not, it's not like a big part of our strategy.
0: But is it, is it worthwhile to consider, especially like maybe early on, to consider adding affiliate income to your your existing e-commerce business?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because if, if you could find an affiliate program, so we can talk about our affiliate program, but like for the contract shop, uh, us uh, ourselves, we recommend that anybody that becomes an affiliate plugs their affiliate link in some kind of welcome sequence because it, it's seen as a helpful resource for the people that are signing up for your email list. So it's more free value for them. Um, even if they don't sign up for the software or the program or the shop or whatever, um, they still like you've just provided them with this list of like amazing resources and everybody wants to see behind the business of, of other people's business. That's why you're listening to this show. Like you want to know what's going on behind the scenes. So, giving people like a toolkit or, you know, your favorite resources for what you create. or for like the shop that you run, that's an incredibly valuable like almost freebie. Uh, we have it set up as a page on our site. Even it's the slash resources and you know I say on there because I have to. <laughs> this is these are affiliate links, um, but these are actually products or tools or whatever that we use in our own business. Um, I even have a link to several Shopify like clothing stores because you know my audience is a lot of women and they want to know where I bought my clothes. So. Um, you know, you can really get creative with it and it can be a part of your welcome sequence or your post-purchase sequence or your abandoned cart sequence, I guess, if you wanted to. Or um, you could just have a page on your site where you send people, you know, when you get those annoying questions that are like, where did you get your blah, blah, blah? Who do you use for blah, blah, blah? And then, you know, you're getting paid for that too. So it's it, it became less of an annoyance when people were constantly asking me for free information when... I knew I was going to get paid for it if they signed up for the stuff that right. they were asking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, it helps if you, you get some value in return, certainly. And my wife with uh, her info product store, same deal. We've got, like, anywhere that she is referencing some third-party resource, she will set it up with, like, hey, this is the... Or, like, hey, here's the gear. If you're going with a toddler to Disney World, here's the gear I like. And, boom, Amazon affiliate links. Yeah. Or even when I... um if I include like a book recommendation in the show, I'll just add an Amazon affiliate link to it, and then forget about it. or my my favorite application of this is in the welcome packet guests get before they come on the show, I say, "Hey, if you're you know like here's recommendations on microphones, uh-huh. but if you just want like if you just want to buy a a USB mic that sounds way better than it has any right to at the price, <laughs> get a blue Yeti, and here's my <laughs> affiliate link, yeah, right. so it's like if you're gonna spend eighty bucks on a mic. It makes it like you could just click this shortened URL. All right. It makes no difference for you, the consumer. And then I just get like X percent of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a no brainer. So I think like people should should look for those those easy opportunities. They're certainly not going to offend anyone. I've literally never had anyone be offended by an affiliate link.
1: I, I tell them. I mean, I'm I'm a proud affiliate. Yeah, especially
0: if you're upfront about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I just own it, and I just tell them I'm a proud affiliate for HoneyBook. I love them. I use them for my client service business, um, and you know that this is my affiliate link, and it gets you fifty percent off. So that also helps if your affiliates have some kind of discount that's exclusive to like you or your affiliate. Oh, link. hugely,
0: yeah. Or like a special offer.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I get the commission, but then this other, you know, whoever's signing up through my affiliate link, they wouldn't have otherwise gotten a 50% discount. They would have just paid full price. So now I'm doing them a favor and I'm getting paid.
0: We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick and easy. Simpler provides on-demand U.S.-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S I M P-L-R AI. And now back to the show. Hit me. So where were we? <laughs> before um, I derailed before us, that, we were links. talking
1: about okay, so we were talking about funnels, um, how, oh, how people, how I built my own audience. Um, So like I said, it was this lead magnet with this very basic, like very poorly, (laughs) probably written um, conversion, if you can even call it that uh, email sequence that like warmed the audience up. Cause I originally started out as a blogger. That was how I got introduced to this whole creative industry is is through blogging and then calligraphy and whatever. So uh, I knew I needed to have a lead magnet or a freebie, whatever you want to call it, a content upgrade. And that needed emails to deliver it on the back end. So that's what I had. And that's what um, I would, you know, plug anytime I saw. I, I didn't, i didn't never started advertising until about uh, a, maybe a year ago. So I was plugging this in Facebook groups. I was plugging it um, at the end of like shorter webinars. I would try to go on podcasts and I would plug um, this as like the, the link to my website instead of my main website link. I mean, I just, I was kind of shameless about it, but it was such a good freebie also. Like, it was like a 27-page freebie. Like, it really was like a miniature course or something for people that needed this resource. And so it wasn't just like I was throwing out this, like, three-pager that kind of sucked and, you know, people didn't really want it. It wasted their time. It was like a very valuable thing. A lot of people would take pictures of it on Instagram even and, like, They'd print it out, take a picture of it, sitting on their desk, and then tag me on Instagram and say, "Like, I'm, I'm going through Christina Scalera's, um whatever I can't remember, I can't remember what it's called, but her legit business guide, and I'm so excited because I feel like my business is finally buttoned up or whatever."
0: That speaks volumes to the need and the quality.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always, and that's. I feel like it's hurting me now, and that's something that I'm working on in my business. How so? But I tend to. I don't want to say overwhelmed because I'm I'm decent enough at knowing when someone's getting overwhelmed and pull back, um, but I have noticed a lot of people in the in, in the online marketing space have have said and then I I kind of ignored them for a long time, but I have definitely noticed that the more inspirational with small action we can make our emails or um, product listings or whatever calls to action. Um, those seem to do better and have better conversions than me being like, Okay, here's everything you need to know and I go through like the whole list and it's comprehensive and it feels you,
0: if you're brand new and you're like, Hey, I just want to start a business, it's suddenly it's overwhelming. It's
1: overwhelming. Um, it's too practical with not enough like hope and encouragement, I think, to well,
0: move... a, it's a lot of work. That yeah. you just have to go put in and hope it works out. So you need yeah. those reminders. So
1: I'm definitely pulling back. I'm creating a lot more content now that is like little tiny bite-sized chunks instead of these like huge entrees that I I was creating. But, you know, I think that the important thing is if if you're thinking about using like, even if you're a physical product seller and you want to use some kind of digital content upgrade to get people in the door rather than like a 10% off coupon or something, if you want to try it, I think it's important just to realize that getting out there and trying something is more important than, you know, thinking about it for a long time and then, um, not doing anything at all because, like, mine wasn't very good and I still had good results. Not great, but good. And now, you know, we've learned and we've honed it in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, you, the way you're presenting it really um, does not do justice the um, the funnels and the copywriting and the email marketing oh, that you've done. Oh, much better now. It's just... Like Much better what now. you're describing <laughs> and what exists now, there's it's not even close. It's yeah. night and day.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, but it it had to start from somewhere, right? Like it had to start with those crappy emails and and that freebie that was overwhelming for people.
0: So how did you uh, how did you end up on Shopify?
1: That was an easy decision. Um, <laughs> you're actually a big part of that story because I started listening to this podcast and dreaming about the day that I'd be able to switch to Shopify and all the benefits that would come with it. Um, so the, the switch didn't happen that smoothly (laughs) Uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I, I hired my best friend. She rebranded us as the contract shop and, um, she did a great job and the branding. I I love it. Our audience loves it. Um, it actually wasn't the logo I picked, but I asked my audience that was the logo they wanted. (laughs) So anyway, um, she rebranded us, got us over onto Shopify, and then we had to switch over the products at that time. And that was a great time to just kind of look and, even though it's a digital product store, take inventory, see what was selling, see what wasn't, get rid of the things that weren't selling. Well,
0: because how many, um, how many SKUs do you have?
1: I think we have 42, thanks to you. We got rid of a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had, been, I had been agitating for, hey, I think people have choice paralysis yes. here. Let's, let's pare it down yes. to what we know sells. Because you are so, you're a prolific content creator. Like, I remember one time we had a conversation. You go, like, I think I got an idea for a product on how to say no. And then, like, four days later, you're like, oh, here's the full outline for that. And then, like, four <laughs> days later, and I wrote it. Now it's a book. <laughs> I was like, what?
1: Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. I, yeah, I can create a course over a weekend, like a legit course, not like a, you know, little mini course or something. How um, long
0: did it take you to do your first proper course versus what it takes you now?
1: Ooh, The first one took me probably six weeks just between re-recording and I didn't like I thought I had to to be like face to camera and so it took a long time to get any kind of good on camera whatever and um, I just kept messing it up and everything so now it takes me I mean if I wanted to I could do it in a weekend I usually spread it out over a week but it's about a weekend's worth of time. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: but, that's just superpower you have.
1: Yeah, but you know, honestly, we could talk about courses too, um, because they're they're a big part of like our marketing strategy in 2019 and 20. But um, tell me about it. Okay, so one of the things that we're doing is offering. Uh, so our, our our templates don't teach you much. They come with a guide. They come with video tutorials. They come with um, the ability to implement and execute them very quickly and then well, so that
0: you come off as a professional. And give me an example of a template.
1: Um, let's say that you are a, like you're consulting with other Shopify stores. So you would go and get our consultant template, um, go fill it out. But if you are having any kind of problems filling it out, you would go into your uh, K-Club guide that comes with your template. And um, we also have a hold my hand guide that accompanies a lot of our templates. And so if you had any question about how to combine your services, we have tutorials on that. If you had any question about how to Send your template. We have, you know, if you don't know anything about sending templates electronically, we teach you how to do that. Um, and then if a client comes back to you and they're like, hey, I have a question about this provision, we have a video tutorial in our hand, hold my hand guide that you can watch the video tutorial in three minutes, you know, at two o'clock in the morning and answer the uh, the client's question and seem like a pro versus, you know, you waiting around on me for an answer for a day or two. So that,
0: it sounds like originally you were just selling the contract template. And since then, you have added um, supplemental material to it that exists really to, like, bust every objection and possible problem someone could have.
1: Yeah, that, yes, you very eloquently said that. <laughs> um, it, it was honestly a lot of me just getting tired of answering the same questions in my email inbox all the time. And I'm like, why don't I just create resources for this? This would be far more helpful. Um, they would have access to it all the time. And there's no reason I need to keep answering these questions over and over so yes, that's, that's where these resources and these supplemental materials came from. But as far as like the course to sales strategy that we're using, um, because if you can find a product that resolves a need and that is what you sell, uh, I consider that like a core product in your business. And then if you can create courses or some kind of freebie or whatever you have the ability to create on the front end of your business that teaches people why they need that product, for us, that's been an effective marketing strategy is showing people basically, like giving them the information that they need, um, but then also showing them there's a lot more that you don't know. And it's it's honestly not worth it for me to teach you because we just have this template that's already done for you.
0: That's low-key brilliant.
1: <laughs> Thanks. So yeah, I mean, that that's our marketing strategy. Um And I used to charge between five and a thousand five hundred and a thousand dollars for these courses and i was like well if we're just trying to sell templates and um now we have sort of a membership site on the back end as well but um if if we're just trying to to get people into these products then why are we putting up this high cost to entry why aren't we like lowering the barrier and giving them what they need to get us to this point because I don't know how to say it, but there's just a lot of people that are creating the same kind of courses. I, I don't even think they're doing it as well as us. They're charging a lot of money for those courses. So if we can, that, that's not what we're selling. So if that's not what we're selling, we can give that away for free um, and get people into the funnel or cycle
0: or, you know, however you want to look at it. So the, it's a, the lead magnet is a free course that teaches you what you don't know and then at the end pitches you on purchasing the template.
1: Kind of, yeah. It it gets you to the like it. The goal is to get your business to a point where you need the template. So it teaches you something. It's not like we're teaching them everything they don't know, but it's it's like we're teaching them um, something that helps their business, something that helps them learn how to get clients. So now they need a client service agreement. Um, we're
0: teaching them how to. Okay, so yeah, you teach me how to get clients. Oh, well, naturally, now I need a, a contract. contract to use with those yeah. clients. All right, got you. <laughs> Very good.
1: Yeah. So it's it's basically just like backing up the process a step or two and saying, you know, what's missing before this? And then the finishing piece is, is our product.
0: That's brilliant. Many times as we've talked, I really did not realize that was the strategy. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you moved on to, on to Shopify. You used marketing automation to automate these lead magnets and funnels Uh, Is there any other clever stuff you're doing that uh, you want to pat yourself on the back about?
1: Well, pat you. We didn't even get to the right message stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you had mentioned, um, you said, oh, we've got contracts for calligraphers or contracts for photographers. Those are very different audiences. And like fundamentally, the contract between those two, there's a lot of overlap. They're very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, But those people are not going to see themselves similarly at all. And that was one of the, in working together, that was one of the, the barriers to people purchasing. was they're like, I don't know if this is right for me. Mm-hmm. And there's also a lot of just, you know, if I see myself, if I identify as calligrapher, then all the other professional products look like cruft. So we used uh, right Message, which is on-site personalization software. When someone lands on the site, we go, hey, how do you describe yourself? And they pick their profession. So now we knew, ah, here's how people see themselves. Which that helped us determine. Okay, this could set some of the ranking order on these elements, and then where else we take it a step further, we're going to change. We're going to change from like you just people describing themselves as a professional to if you said you're a calligrapher, now on the homepage we call you a calligrapher, mm-hmm. and we're going to start. Well, then we're going to hide all the unrelated stuff. So really, we're just desperate Wait. to get you to go down this like um, choose your own adventure.
1: Yeah, and then we have testimonials that are from other calligraphers. I think. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just it it changes the site from for everybody to for calligraphers.
0: Yeah, it looks much more like, oh, this is focused for me
1: with. Yeah, right. Without, you know, having the contract shop for calligraphers.com or something, you know, that would be exhausting to maintain several different sites. And just that would just be impossible.
0: <laughs> and previously you had been doing this in a similar way using an online quiz.
1: Um, it came around about the same time, actually.
0: Tell me about the online quiz.
1: Yeah, so the online quiz is just, it's actually another lead magnet. People love to take quizzes, these BuzzFeed style quizzes, and that's exactly what this quiz is.
0: What's the name of the quiz?
1: It's basically, uh, are you living in La La Land is the name of the quiz, like LAW, LAW land. <laughs> and uh, the the quiz is encouraging people to figure out where the gaps are in their business so that they can anticipate those problems before they become problems and um, figure out you know, what, what's missing, whether that's they don't have enough client work or they don't have a contract or, you know, they're not an LLC yet and they should be. Um, so it's determining like what level you're at in your, in your business and kind of the things that you want to start to think about at that level.
0: There is some brilliant, I loaded up the site because I wanted to see what the name of that quiz was. And then I was reminded of how brilliant the copywriting on it is. And I just want to read some of the stuff that's on this homepage. It's so good. Because <laughs> what you do, especially on the homepage in particular, is a thing called agitate the pain. You are... Really trying to drive home the like, make people think about the pain that your product solves. So, on the homepage, what if legal stuff didn't suck? That's the headline. Yeah. Where so we're asking this question, but the implication is like, oh, you know, I could get a contract and it can be painless. And then Below that, there's a call to action that goes, hey, Clueless, we'll tell you what you need. And that's the first time we link to the quiz. Mm-hmm. Further down the page, like, you dive into a message from you talking about the business. At the end, it's got, like, as a safety net, it, ad- uh, it advertises the quiz again. And it says, are you living in la-la land? Get your unique legal lowdown and never worry about the internet police breaking your business ever again. <laughs> that's so great. Like, you just need, when I read that, I'm like, oh, I think I better take this quiz. I did <laughs> <laughs> What's on the horizon for Christina Scalera and the contract show? <laughs> uh, the
1: the big new development is a membership program called our Owners Inner Circle, and that's really for the people that are looking to take their business to the next level. Um, who trust me? I think primarily because we have provided so much practical value, uh, but there's been no other way to work with me or just learn about some of the stuff that I'm talking about here. Uh, people have started to recognize that. I, I'm good at content marketing. Um, I'm good at selling digital products. We, we we haven't even talked about like our twice annual sales or anything.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, there's so much more that we could talk about. Uh, tell me about the twice annual sales.
1: Um, okay. So real quickly, every, it used to be every July, but now every May for Memorial Day and then for Black Friday, obviously, we run a sale. And so the last uh, two sales, so our, our sale as we're recording this is coming up. Um, But our last two sales were just phenomenal. Um, The the one in May last year coincided with the GDPR stuff that was happening. um, And we had an offer on that. And then we uh, also, our affiliates just like blew it out of the water. So that was like, I don't even remember how much it was as far as revenue goes, but it was well over six figures for that sale. And that was when I finally got to hire you. I told Kurt he was my trip to Paris. All my all my friends were making, you know, like six plus figures on their launches. And they were all going to Paris and like booking these cool vacations. And I was like, I'm going to hire EtherCycle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so then last uh, Black Friday, you know, we actually ran the same exact content. And uh, we didn't do as well, but we still did pretty well. And the reason why I like to time those sales with major holiday shopping events is because people already have their wallets open. Um, I I feel like we can capitalize on the momentum that those big retailers that have a lot more money to advertise and like put TV commercials out there and stuff like that, we can kind of piggyback off that where people are already on the hunt for those deals on those weekends. And even though we're a digital only product seller, we still tend to do really well because of that, I think. Um, And now it's like this event that people are literally waiting for, um, where, you know, we, we had... Our purchases dip last fall, and we were like, what is happening? Like, we were doing, we were rocking and rolling, and then Black oh, Friday it hit. It was maddening. Yeah, and then Black Friday hit, and everybody bought, and then it was, you know, it's been on the upswing from there uh, with some really great months, but it's interesting because people know me now for this this big sale that we do twice a year, and... Um,
0: would, you, would you give us some figures on the sale? It's okay to say no.
1: Ballpark, the Black Friday sale was about $90,000 that we did, and then... Um, in May of last year, I know it was well over 130 because of like, that's all of May because of the GDPR. And then the sale itself was over six figures. So, um, but a lot of that also, like about a third of those sales that I'm talking about came from our affiliates. So we did have to pay out depending on like what tier they're in because we have a couple different affiliate tiers. Um, we had to pay those out. So anyway, that's that's what we were doing. Our shop's doing at over ten thousand dollars a month right now. Some months it's seventeen, some months it's fourteen. So I don't know what that average is out to be. Of but. these
0: these pure profit products, yes. Um, but then in between you have these sales yes. that do ten x that. Yes. That's just crazy.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 been a great business. Um, it's definitely for anybody that thinks it's passive revenue. I would... It's I would certainly en- not Certainly <laughs> not. I would encourage you to reconsider. Um, but I mean, it it is passive in that. it like if, if I want to come, like I'm here in Chicago for a day and I get to go to a shop if I meet up tonight and I'm not worrying about my shop or I'm not worrying about making money or, you know, client stuff today. Um, so it's passive in that way. I get to pick when I work, but I'm still working all the time.
0: <laughs> no, Yeah, you put a, a ton of effort into it, but you also enjoy life. You travel mm-hmm. a lot. All right. The last thing I want to talk about before we wrap it up is affiliates. You've been really okay. successful with uh, affiliate marketing with other people selling your stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So
1: our affiliate program was something... Actually, it's the second affiliate program I created because the first one was a horrible failure. I reached out to the biggest people in the industry, and that was a huge mistake. You should start with the little guys and then work your way up. Um, And the first one, honestly, we just didn't give them enough of an affiliate commission. So if you are thinking about starting an affiliate program, it really is almost like launching a new... I don't even want to say product. It's like a new line of products. And it can be incredibly helpful, but it also has to be at a commission rate that, like, if this is a part of your marketing strategy, if it's not just like an Amazon affiliates where it's a couple bucks here or there, whatever, for your influencers or whatever. But if you actively want them to promote you and do the advertising for you, which is what our program um, does, and I think having digital is definitely helpful there. But uh, what we've done is we've tiered it so that we have, I think it's like 20% is the opening tier. So if you just are anybody off the street, you can refer the contract shop and you'll make 20% of any sale that you make. Um, it tracks people for, and again, at that tier, I think it tracks them for three months. So it's, it's a decent amount of time. And then the more sales you make, the more we reward you all the way up to our highest affiliate tier, which is for like very big influencers. I won't go into the details of like what they're making and everything, but (laughs) they're, they're basically getting our name out there in front of a lot of people. And we're happy to compensate them very heavily for a long time for that. Um, so that's been incredibly helpful for for us. That was easier to grow than, say, like a Facebook ads campaign, just because the market that we're in has a lot of influencers, a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of people creating these resources lists that I talked about earlier that they want to share with their audience and then get paid for the resources on that list. So if you want to check it out, it's at the bottom. I think it's in the footer of our site. You can see what the sign up is. And, um, you know, there's like a whole We call it a consumption sequence. I don't know what everybody else calls it, but um, a whole bunch of different emails that that, um, come out every single time um, someone signs up to be an affiliate.
0: You're a a wonderful entrepreneur, coach, consultant, whatever you want to call it. What is (laughs) – you help a lot of people – grow their businesses. Give me the one piece of advice you have that you wish every Shopify merchant would, would take, do, whatever it is.
1: Just get something out there. Like, stop trying to stop trying to make it perfect. And, um, you know, even if, if it's not something that you're really excited about yet, uh, just get it out there and you will be excited about the future iterations of it. And um, hopefully that's even more motivation to clean it up and fix it up um, after you have proof of concept and you are out there selling it for whatever capacity that is at first.
0: I absolutely agree. Trying to get it perfect before you get it out the door is just a recipe for failure. Because you're g- going to change it so much once it's live and yes. it's in the hands of people. It will change radically. Yes. So stick to minimum viable product for that, that first iteration. Christina, where could people go to learn more about you?
1: The ContractShop.com. dot contract
0: I will link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kurt.
0: One final note before we go. I wanted to remind you about the one Shopify theme my agency has used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable feature-packed theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates. Calling it a theme doesn't do it justice. I think of it as a rapid prototyping tool for Shopify stores and I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, out of the sandbox, we'll give you a full refund. To check it out now, go to ethercycle.com slash turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's ethercycle.com slash turbo. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, TheUnofficialShopifyPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including some details you might have missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors. Please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The Unofficial Shopify Podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, and produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com.